Lukaku is just here speaking with a fake American accent, <laughs> dead bars in the studio, and is not living on the pitch. Benzema at least delivers on the pitch, and then he'll drop an IG video with all his Lamborghinis matching his Jordan ones. Hello, and welcome to the PT Podcast. I'm your host, Karis, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, as usual, Kevin and Denzel. And we're joined by our special guest called Oli. So, Oli, if you want to say hi and introduce yourself, then that'd be good. Yeah, hi, uh, my name's Oli. I've uh, I kind of sort of half blew up on Twitter like a week ago. Uh, <laughs> and people have been wanting to talk to me about football and politics ever since. Uh, so uh, I'm here and I'm dead uh, dead pleased to be, uh, be here. And I'm looking forward to the discussion. Um, and also uh, I run uh, at Goalitics on Twitter. So if by the end of this you think I, I said something that made sense, give me a follow. It's good to hear. It's good to have you on board. So I think it would be only right to... I think first we're going to talk about the results. We're going to into politics and football later, as you're well aware of what's happened with Chelsea and Abramovich. Um, yeah, so we'll talk about the results. So I think it would only be right, firstly, to talk in order about the football games that happened. So the first one was Man United versus Tottenham. So I'm going to hand over to Kevin to start giving his initial thoughts, how he thought the game went, because I know he's got a lot to say. I just want to ask one simple question. Is Ronaldo finished? Every dog has its day, don't worry. Answer the question strictly. Is Ronaldo finished? Yes, but it was a good game for him. Well done. All I'm gonna say, all I'm gonna say is that game is probably one of the it's an emotional game because it kind of shows that we are still relying on moments, if you want to think about it negatively. But positively, all I'm gonna say is that glory, glory, man united. (laughs) Glory. When I saw that goal, like when I saw Ronaldo played that way, it brought back so many memories of, of old. And all I have to say is, it's just a pleasure to have lived during the time of Ronaldo. I'm not going to lie to you. And I just personally feel like it's a shame that we are in the situation we are in. Because I would have loved to win trophies with him one last time, but it is what it is. Yeah. Um, Denzel, what did you think about the game? All I would say is that my, my goat is 37 years old and bagged a hat-trick and certain men is getting knocked out of Champions League. But um, I think it was a good game in it, you know. He played well and there were moments where I felt like Tottenham might bring it back because, you know, it's typical United. They're, they're just, generally speaking, they're pretty shit these days, but they have their few clutch moments. But then Ronaldo does what Ronaldo does, in it? He steals the show and he brings them back into the conversation. So overall, I wouldn't even say it was an amazing performance from United. I just think... I don't want to say they got lucky, but it could have gone either way, essentially. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, myself, I just felt like, I felt the same as you. Like, I don't feel like either side had a lot of quality. I was shouting to Kevin on WhatsApp, oh, this is Tottenham tax anyway. You know how they are. <laughs> I'm just being a hater as I usually like to be in it. So, I was just saying that. But to be honest, neither team, I don't particularly felt either deserved to win. But when you got Ronaldo playing in his 14-15 bag, then of course, you know, you're going to win the game. So. Right. Keep crying. I can, <laughs> I can hear the hatred in your voice. Keep crying. Ronaldo, yeah, I'll keep I'll keep hating. All I'm saying is get, keep giving Messi ballon doors to keep in his on his locker. Ronaldo has the, the heart of the fans. God, God-fearing children love Ronaldo more than Messi. How do you think the game went? Well, how do you think Man United performed? Man United um, uh Ronaldo their way to a victory is, is kind of the way I, I look at it. And you know, 
when you when you see a performance like that from one of the all time greats, it just it rolls back the years. You know, it, it was so it was such a pleasure. You know, I'm 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 no United fan. Everyone knows that, but it was an absolute pleasure to watch Ronaldo do his thing. Uh, conversely, though, I thought we saw the best and the worst of Man United. The best being Ronaldo, and the worst being Maguire. Oh my God, how is that man still your captain? He is that ridiculously is cool. horrendous footballer. He is stealing a living. I, I do not know what he's been doing the last few months, but he is he is a horrible footballer, man. I, I don't know how he's managed to like find his way into being club captain of, of such a big footballing institution like Man United. But Ronaldo carries the day, man. So, you know, a massive congrats on the game. Yeah, I, that's a good point. How the hell are you, man, letting Maguire captain your club? You're asking me? This is the question. Yeah. If you try to sell him, where's he actually going to go? Because you can't, let, you can't let him retire at United. That's point number one. If you let him retire there, boy, but where yeah, can, can financial fair play not like investigate Leicester? Because we were robbed. <laughs> they sold us a, forged, a forged product. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> 80 million pounds for Harry Maguire. And the thing is that the GOAT status of Ronaldo, like the antagonizing energy of Maguire was so powerful, it almost overcome a hat trick. That shows you how crap he is. Bring back Chris Smalling and let's call it a day because I'm not gonna lie to you. Swap deal, no money on top. So actually, no, no. We'll give you, we'll give you Maguire 15 million for Chris Smalling. Can I play devil's advocate? You might hate me for this. Um, so I see a lot of tweets and stuff on Twitter where mm. people are like, "Oh, a lot of Maguire's issues are because of you know a lack of structure." And I agree with it in part. But you know, when you have McTominay and Fred in front of you as your DMs, you're not really going to get much out of it. And, you know, you don't have that much protection. But, and again, in the Spurs games, I feel like he played a few decent passes. However, obviously that own goal is a bit unlucky, but it's still poor and it's adding to how his season has been, which has been very poor since the Euros. So do you see a future for any of you, if you want to answer, do you see a future for Maguire at United at all? Or I don't see not a present. I don't see a present. <laughs> future is a void question. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's got all of uh, David Luiz's bad traits and like none of his good traits and a massive head. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like um, I said, he, he's got good passing range here and there, but he doesn't do the basics that you require out of a defender world. Like, his spatial awareness is like a five-year-old. Like, sometimes he steps over the ball. Like that last game before the Tottenham game, he was responsible for that goal. Like he completely missed the ball. So I don't understand how, if you guys want to challenge for trophies again, he can't be your starting centre-back. It's just not going to work. I don't think even bench. I don't see I don't see him at, with that badge on at all. He's a Stoke City um, starter, but at best. <laughs> okay, before um, we move on from this United and Maguire segment, let's call it, I want to read out a quote that I found interesting. And if you guys want to offer your thoughts, you can. So this is Ahmed Al-Mohamedou, who was the right-back for Hole for many years, if I got that correctly, right back, right wing back, one of them. Yeah. So he was quoted on being sports saying, Harry was with me in Hull City, and in my opinion, he doesn't have the level to be the Manchester United captain. Man United need a player with a strong personality, and I hope the next manager will give captaincy to Ronaldo if he stays. So, what do you think of that? I know some of you are going to approve. He's now that I think about it, El, ha- El Mohamedi was probably one of the best right backs I've seen play. <laughs> <laughs> I go. Nah. But yeah, there's. Uh, I guess it's just typical. It's like English tax, isn't it? 
you've got yeah. this footballer who's he's bang average and because he's English you know he had a massive markup on his price from I mean fair fair play to last night they, they swindled you lot but when you just look at him as a footballer like forget where he's from just as a purely footballing perspective there's nothing you can say he excels in he definitely does not deserve to be captaining your uh, your club let alone he doesn't even deserve to be at Man United if I'm being real he should have never I think he's got like one of the worst CVs in football if you if you look at it he got I think he's like one of the only players ever to be relegated twice in one season like when he was at Hull I think he went on loan to like Wigan and they both got relegated that season. So, like, he he was part of two relegations in one season. Like, that's the calibre. That's the standard of the current Manchester United captain. And it's just, like, it's just his peak. It really is. I think, I think, I think the most damning fact is we essentially did target Maguire because the narrative at the time was Chris Smalling and Phil Jones were quite weak in the air, quite mistake-prone. We spent £80 million on a six-foot-four Bosch fridge who has not given us aerial threat. He's not giving us any speed because Chris Smalling used to be called... Chris Smalling was quite athletic and Phil Jones was quite erratic, but Phil Jones has no physical presence. He scored... We, I saw the stat yesterday. We've had 160 corners with one goal and we're calling ourselves Big Six. This is what I like to hear. Karis, though, your time is coming. Your time of reckoning is coming, don't worry. <laughs> um, all right. Since I've got a lot to say about... Um... Manchester United and Maguire. One more thing as well. We also got to think about the World Cup in Qatar. Do you guys think Gareth Southgate is going to start him at all? I know we focused a lot on him, but I feel like it's still good to talk about. He is because Southgate is stuck in his ways. Southgate is just, he makes weird choices. And I feel like he doesn't even watch football sometimes. He just has a predetermined. If, if, if Maguire doesn't play, who's going to start in central defence, basically? That's what I'm thinking. Ben Anyone White. not named Maguire? Does Ben White not, not start for England? I'd love it to happen, but I'm not sure if Gareth Sackett will do that. What do you think, Oli? Um, it depends whether, I think, whether if England play in a four at the back or a three, because I think Maguire for England actually does okay in a three, because it um, it allows, you've got two other central defenders to cover for his massive inag- inadequacies in, in defensively. Um, but, you know, like, yeah, you look at like the likes of John Stones, Ben White, you know, you've got a few others who are definitely sort of floating around, even Connor Cody. You know, you you could see all of them ahead of Maguire right now on quality, but no, I don't think I I, I think um, Southgate will take Maguire to the grave. I think pretty much, yeah, I agree. So if we move on, then let's talk about the game today at the time of recording, which was Chelsea against who was it again Newcastle. Yeah. So you guys slugged it out then well, last well, minute. Havertz well, Havertz well, plugs well, it out well, the air and scores a beauty. But I want to know what you guys think anyway. They were calling it the despot derby, you know, because of Russian owners versus the Saudi owners. Like, I said, you know what? <laughs> Fair enough. But um, yeah, that was a, in terms of the overall game, we didn't play great. You know, we we struggled to even, I think, up until Havertz score, I think that was like our only shot on target or something. But um, it was an okay performance. Clearly, we know that Chal- Chaloba is not a right back. Fair enough. I mean, we tried to play forward at back today and, and shift him there, and it's like it didn't really work. You, you can see that it's not his position, but I just want to give away a penalty. That should have been a yeah, penalty. That, I'm not gonna lie, it should have been a penalty 100%, definitely. But what I want to say is Kai Havertz is the future of our club without a doubt. Every single time he starts, we play so much better. Lukaku needs to pack his bags, he doesn't have a place at Chelsea. We don't need him, but he can't pack his bags, bro. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
It's that simple. He needs to go. There's there's no game. I don't care who we're playing. I don't want to see Lukaku starting over Havertz. Havertz brings so much to the team. Whether it's link-up play, his passing. Bro, do you see his touch? If that was Lukaku and he tried to do that touch first, he's falling over himself. 100% he'll fall over himself. What about Werner? Uh, you can go with Lukaku, man. I don't want to hear about that guy, bro. But yeah, even the pass from Jorginho as well. I don't want to ever... I hate how it seems sometimes Chelsea fans saying, oh, yeah, we need Declan Rice. We need Declan Rice. Like, you know, we don't need Declan Rice. Like, we have Jorginho at home. He was the third best baller in the world. Karras, I know you hate that stat. He's, he wasn't the third, third best baller in the world. Ballon d'Or, third place finish. I want, I want <laughs> Ballon d'Or does not make you the third best player. Or third whatever. best baller in the world, bro. Unless so, we talk about Messi, I don't care about Ballon d'Or. Was Modric, was Modric the best player in the world in, um, tw- what was it, 2018? Um, the trophy says otherwise, my guy. I'm sorry. That, that in guy retrospect, had like, I don't mind him getting, getting it now. I don't mind anymore. So. I mind. I mind. He had like five goal involvements all year. <laughs> No, but he's a quality midfielder, honestly. He's amazing, yeah, but man. To be, fair, to be fair, he, he cooked Messi. One day, please. No, not today. Messi is a choke job if he's not wearing navy blue and red. I'm sorry. When is, when is the, white, the white and light blue of Argentina? Messi's not Messi. Yeah, on the topic of Chelsea, um, I think it's the same old stuff, really. We're not decisive enough when it comes to attack, but Havertz is part of that solution. We, I think going forward, we need to build around him. What do you think, Oli? Yeah, I, I kind of see. I think Havertz definitely bailed us out today. Um, you know, like it was a moment of absolute magic, and and he's getting better all the time. And we're finally sort of starting to see the, you know, the world sort of generational talents thrown around a lot at the moment. You know, the real sort of star player that he can be. And um, I'm really looking forward to seeing it because he's really young and he's only going to get better. But um, I think you've got to look at the well. It's an interesting way, like, Tuchel's tried to set up the team today. I love Thomas Tuchel um, to death, and our injuries have been a, a real problem. But we lined up f- four at the back with four centre-backs, like, four centre-backs, all in defence. And, like, we were concerned, like, you know, we were worrying, like, why we couldn't progress the ball very well down the flanks and, you know, like, why we weren't progressing it that well in through to midfield. Well, it's because, you know, like, the people we've got playing at fullback aren't fullbacks, And it just goes to show... Like the 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 absolute power as well of like how good Chilwell and James have been when they've played this season because we're a totally different team with them, completely different team. As much as I don't like him as well, I'd rather Alonso start at left back than Saar. I feel like for a game. <laughs> I heard you want Alonso back. <laughs> I hate it. But I feel like a game like this where, you know, Newcastle kind of likes to sit back a bit and just frustrate you. We needed Alonso to, you know, go up. He's not a great defender, but he's good going forward. So we need that. Yeah. And when we go forward as well, like we usually have one one fullback like goes ahead and the other one drops back into the three. And Chalaba would have been fine dropping back. And then we could have had Alonso go forward. Because Sars Sars not the he's not he's quite athletic and I I, I like um, he, he tries really hard and I think he's um he's definitely made a name for himself in the team. Um, at least as a squad player, but um, Alonso's definitely got the attacking talent. You know, when we were having so many injuries up front, I was just thinking well, at some point we should just stick Alonso up there. He can kick a ball pretty hard. <laughs> just give it a go. <laughs> Literally, man. Like, he He's great going forward in terms of, like, you know, he scores goals, he can whip a ball in, but um, 
defensively he's suspect but I would have rather preferred that today playing against Newcastle because Newcastle is not exactly they're not really an attacking threat as such you know they've got but as well like we we completely robbed Newcastle Newcastle should have won that game with the penalty because it was it was a stonewall pen from from Chalibur and you know like if if that goes in you know if that's given as a penalty that goes in it's like it changes the whole nature of the game and, and you know that then you know what Newcastle would have done they would put like 10 behind the ball and just like tried to their best to to hold on to it and they probably would have done because we weren't attacking that well so you know I think I think it's been it was a bit harsh a result on um on new on the tune today because I think um I think they they played well enough to deserve it I don't think Havertz should have been sent off though um for the challenge on Burn. That's no, just my personal that, that challenge was like prime Conor McGregor in the octagon. Man led <laughs> his elbow right into six. He's six foot seven. I'm six foot five. He's six foot seven. Dan Byrne into his temple. Like, nah, that's a red all day. But Kevin, nah, I want to ask I, you. I, I can't get behind that because because Byrne, if you look at it, if you look at it, the replay back, Burn elbows Havertz back. They've both got their elbows up and Havertz gets one in the chin. And because, you know, like he's not Dan Byrne and he doesn't like fall like a sack of potatoes every time someone gets him hit in the head, you know, like he, he just got up and got on with it. But, yeah, and you saw everyone, I don't know, everyone who watched the game saw Byrne laying on the ground until Havertz walked over and said, hello, you know, sorry for elbowing you in the head, Conor McGregor style. And then he like jumped up all six foot, 10 of him or however tall he is and ran over to He clearly just was just trying to get Havertz sent off in my opinion. It's definitely a yellow card. It's not a red. Game's gone soft, man. Yeah. Back in Sinessa's day, you can break your leg and play on. People are crying about the elbow. Like, love it, man. All I want to say is, all I want to say to you Chelsea fans is, uh, karma has no date. Do you remember what David Luiz did to Raphael? Oh, <laughs> yeah. I hope you know this is revenge. I haven't seen the challenge, but whatever it was, take, take the sin bin and make sure you can win the game without Havertz next game. Whatever. Let's <laughs> I'm gonna, sorry, I'm going to ask one more thing as well. Um, I'm going to ask you, Kevin. Sorry, I didn't get to ask earlier. Um, so Denzel was talking about how, other than Havertz, he's not really sure about the other attackers. So this might be a bit of a snap question. And if you don't have an answer, I don't mind. But say you're, you're the owner of Chelsea now, Abramovich is gone. And say you're actually allowed to buy a player, which they're not allowed to. I'm <laughs> loving this, man. Who would you buy to complement Havertz in Chelsea's attack? Who would I buy to compliment Havertz in Chelsea's attack? Anyone in the Premier League or outside? Well, what I'll say is from the way I see Havertz, especially the way he plays in the German system, he he does flourish when he's allowed to roam. And when he is given the chance to score, he does most of the time score, except that poor performance against England in the World Cup. But let's not talk about that. Nevertheless, right now, on top of my head, you've probably caught me lacking. However, I would just probably give him more of a trait of a player. So a player who's always able to catch those runs. So he doesn't second guess, very there for risky passes. Also quite tenacious as well. So someone who's basically kind of like a destroyer, but can switch on into a creative mindset who really unlock habits for, um, for Chelsea. I feel like you're describing that as a sort of relentless player. And the one that came to mind firstly was Pedro Neto. Yeah, so, someone like that. I feel like- I reckon like Leroy back, Sané. Yeah. That would be a good pairing. I'm not gonna lie. I want, really I'm not gonna lie. I want Odegaard. Oh, wow. You don't have the juice. Have some oh, shame. Wow. <laughs> you don't have no, the man. juice. Odegaard. Yeah, you were saying that oh, Lukaku should pack his bags, mate. We've got no bags. <laughs> well, this is the problem. This couldn't have come at a worse time because now that we need to sell people, we might potentially be stuck with people like Lukaku, and that just makes me so upset, fam. That Your tears like give me life. Shifting, bro. Even with the pe- even with the petrol prices, you man ain't going nowhere. Literally. <laughs> They can't even buy fuel. 
<laughs> in an interview, Tuchel was saying that if he has to, yeah, that he'll he'll get a seven seater and drive the team to games. Uber That's XL. Has he done the maths? Oh, we have. We have to he's he's brilliant. Multiple. Take a few maps. trips. <laughs> we'll go power league. <laughs> They're taking Bolt to games. <laughs> oh no. No, it's quite a funny situation. Well, to me at least, but we'll go into it later. So I feel now it's time to talk about my team, the Arsenal. Obviously, as you guys have seen, we won 2-0 against Leicester City. Goal from Partey and another penalty from Lacazette. So, yeah, right now, life of Arsenal is good. So I'll let you guys talk before I talk. So, Kevin, what are you thinking about how we're doing and how our top four race is looking? Football's not enjoyable right now because football's only fun when Arsenal's struggling. However... You gotta respect gotta respect greatness to be honest. Like you guys have actually made the Champions League. I cannot believe this. I actually thought I'll be long dead and gone before Arsenal reached the Champions League again. But it's actually happening. Do you know what I mean? So like I say, it's congratulations, isn't it? Like you you're the best out of a shit bunch. I hope that gives you some peace. Shit bunch are better than you. Like by my mind. You know what you're so COVID. COVID is in the atmosphere still, I guess. Maybe that's what's going on. But all decided to get um, the game today was a well well drilled performance, typical Arsenal performance. I can't see who can really defeat Arsenal right now. Um Arsenal I also feel like we, sorry. We got Liverpool on Wednesday. But what's crazy is but you can't even say it's guaranteed three points for Liverpool because Arsenal are the way they played against City, if they play against Liverpool like that, I think Arsenal would win. Relax, man. No, I'm sorry, bro. You, you know I'm the biggest op to Arsenal, but I feel like <laughs> Generally, yes. Why are we I'm, believing in Arsenal? What's what's all this? I'm sorry, bro. The agenda is Chelsea slander today, not Arsenal. Yeah, but they might. That's the thing. Is like Arsenal might be back, you know, and that's scary. See, Denzel, listen, listen to your friend. <laughs> I don't. I'm. I'm not. I'm not going to say those words. If if they finish fourth, I will say Arsenal are back. But until then, I refuse to admit that. As much as I can see it happening in front of me, I'm not going to say it until the season concludes. But what I will say is. I can't lie right now, you lot are cooking. Man, you lot have got an all-purpose seasoning, black pepper, Maggie cubes, everything. Maggie cube. Like, <laughs> it's worrying, I can't lie. There's marination in the nation. <laughs> Calm down. All this season you're talking about is like titles. You are currently salt and pepper wings. That's it. But the thing is, well, they're good. Arsenal's cooking, but I will say you've still got some missing utensils and you've still got some, some bits and bobs you don't need. Like, I yeah. don't... What I will say that will probably piss off Arsenal fans. Do you know what's funny? I tweeted the sight of Arsenal fans enjoying football again makes me sick. And these lot have been partying in my mentions, fam. <laughs> One thing I will say, yeah, I low-key think, yeah, hear me out. I know Karras is going to get vexed when I say it, but I low-key think you should keep Lacazette just as a backup. Fine, go as No, bro, listen, as much as he doesn't score, you cannot tell me recently he, he's been, he hasn't been useful to you guys. He's an inside man. He has his he's use. He's inside man. Fair enough, some, like he holds up play well. He links up well. Fair enough, he might not score, but solve that problem already in your wingers. Like You've got people like Saka that can do that anyway. So I think you should keep him as a backup. I'm not going to... And his experience. Um, yeah, put it this way. As much as I don't rate Lacazette that much, I'm not someone that is going to be like, oh, he offers nothing. You can see that he offers some to a link-up play and is helping Martinelli and Saka to fry. So I respect that. But after next season, I want to start a new slate out of the old Arsenal, out of the Aubameyangs, the Bellerins, the whatever. I want them all out. I want to start a new phase, get two strikers in the summer, 
and we just move forward from there. Like, just say thank you for your service and just let go. We made mistakes before and I don't want to make another mistake again, to be honest. So the, the thing is with Arsenal, though, is like you were saying, like, who beats Arsenal right now? There's, there's usually only one, one answer to who beats Arsenal, and that's Arsenal. Right. They just like, you know, they, they're that meme where they like they stick the stick in the, the spokes of their bike and then fall down, you know, like they, they always do it to themselves, uh, to themselves. And so I think you've got to say, you know, like it's looking good right now, but come the end of the season, I don't know, West Ham are on form, Man United might be back. You know, you never know. It, it only takes a couple dodgy games and then suddenly like top four is not looking so good. It's interesting you say all this. Um, if I can analyse the game more today, so I haven't really gone in-depth, really. We started the first 25 minutes really well. We were on control. Erdegaard, Saka, were unbelievable. Partey as well, he's been phenomenal for the last few months now. I really feel like he's back in his Atletico Madrid form. Then, say, around about the 30th minute, Leicester got a little bit of control, and I was starting to get a bit nervous and worried. But, you know, Wyatt made a really good tackle on, on Madison. Ramsdale made a really good save. I think it was from Barnes from a header. Then you go into half time. We come out second half. We regain control again. And then of course we score again. So yeah. Overall, I was happy. There was a few little, like, you know, few little errors here and there, but we will never be perfect as a team, to be honest, until let's say maybe another season or so with more signings. But what I like about this Arsenal team is that. The mentality is there that, you know, they want to fight for each other. And I feel like that's something that's missing at United, that is missing at many other teams that want to be at the top table. That the culture shift, the mentality is all down to Arteta, who's changed it. And now we seem a lot better for it. And I feel like I don't mind Man United fans or whoever wanting to banter us, but I feel like what we have that they don't have is like that unity and that togetherness that actually makes a team perform. Because on paper, before the season started, a lot of people, including myself, thought, you know, United are going to go for a title, they're going to go for this, they're going to go for that. Then we go into the season, I thought, you know, we have more cohesion, we have a game plan, we have a manager who seems to know what he's doing and picks the right players. Me, for example, I know I'm offering a lot, sorry. Um, I wanted James Madison to come and I've been proven wrong, really. Erdegaard has been fantastic for half the price. So, you know, you've got to hold your hands up and be like, you know, I've got this wrong. And, you know, we've got a manager that actually wants to take us forward and knows the right players he wants. So you got Smith Rowe for three as well. And he's phenomenal. Saka. Yeah. Is there anything else to say on Arsenal before we move on? Or Yeah. I was going to add as well that um, Arsenal's in the driver's seat right now because you've got two games in hand on the top three as well. So you currently have, um, if I look again, you're sitting at the time of recording this on 51 points. You've got two games in hand. You've played 26. Chelsea's got 59 points. Liverpool's got 66. And City's got 69. So if you win... And the- on United as well, we've got quite a few games in hand. Yeah. So you've got three games in hand compared to United and you're a point above them already. So really, from the way it looks right now, fourth place is yours to lose. Yeah. That goes grace. <laughs> it's down to prayer now, isn't it? Ah, yeah. Um, I feel like it'll be good to discuss Salah's contract. A lot of you have been seen over the week. I think Salah's agent must have put out a tweet with a few cryptic emojis, which I think was to do with some comments made by Klopp about Salah's contract. So I'm just wondering from you guys' point of view, do you think he'll sign or not? Of course, you saw against Brighton, you scored the penalty and stuff, but 
I just want to know what you guys think. Um, I think the issue with Salah's situation is, from what I've seen, I don't know the exact amount, but people have been flirting around that he's demanding like the region of like 400k. And the way I see it, he's been an excellent servant to Liverpool. And I don't know who, does anyone know who the, currently the highest earner is in the Premier League? Ronaldo. What's yeah, I think it's Ronaldo. Yeah. So Ronaldo and the, Yeah, out of those two, they're the highest earner in the league. And I think Salah does deserve to be up there with them in terms of being the highest earners because what he gives to the team and what he does for the club definitely constitutes that. The problem is it would massively break Liverpool's wage structure. So I think they're at an impasse in terms of giving him what he deserves, but at the same time, not fucking up the system they've got for themselves because look what happened to Barcelona, essentially. Like, when you change your structure on a whim, it basically becomes like a slippery slope because then, say they sell Salah in, I don't know, two, three years or whatever, you're going to have a new sign-in who's going to say, well, you were happy to give Salah 400k and I think I deserve 400k, so why can't I get that? And then from there, you basically, you can't go back on yourself. I think... I think we're all, all of us can agree here that Salah's probably one of, if not one of the best player in the world right now. Yeah. Right. However, 400k is extremely steep. Like, it's not it's not advisable. And even though what Denzel touched on in terms of the way structure, Liverpool is a team that takes pride in making smart decisions. Like, I believe the when the way they even bought Salah and Mane, I think they, I think they spent 65 million in total for the two for the two other players. Yeah, something around that. Yeah. yeah, which kind of shows you the traits of the club itself. They don't make stupid financial decisions. And I also believe that from a Liverpool's perspective, I believe they have they're quite a trustworthy club that they can actually replace Salah. Not with the same output straight away, but a player that has similar a similar ceiling where three to four years' time, you'll probably be getting similar output by another player where they probably scouted in wherever league. So I'm not going to lie to you. Salah, if Salah thinks he can hold um, Liverpool like to the sword, I think he's chosen the wrong club to do that because I feel like, like, I feel like they're going to replace him if it gets too far. I reckon it's like... so. Yeah, I think if he if he's going for like 400k, I reckon he'll just he'll end up at somewhere like PSG or Real Madrid, right? He'll just like you know where who's willing to pay his like massive wages when he leaves on a free. But you said it yourself, you know, like Liverpool makes smart financial decisions. Now I reckon Salah backs himself, right? Fully. And you'd fully expect him to, because he's he's one of the best players in the world, like you said. So you could see a deal where Liverpool give him, say, 250, 300 a week, right? still a lot of money but give him massive potential bonuses right you know things like if he breaks 30 goals in a season if he's top three in the Ballon d'Or stuff like that I reckon he backs himself enough to enter something like that whether he gets it or not is another question but I reckon he backs himself enough that he could do it and then even if he does do all those things and he does cost Liverpool all that money it'll have been worth it and then they can sell him on for even more I agree. And as well, um, as Kevin was saying about looking for a replacement, they've kind of already found that in Luis Diaz. I'd go as far as saying that. I mean, he's a phenomenal player. And I feel like... He's if, a baller. Yeah. I feel like if they lose Salah, it would be a loss, but it's not like they're going to let him go empty-handed. They've got someone that could definitely be his heir and step into his position. Yeah, Diaz is phenomenal. Like, the way he takes players, like... When I saw that little sombrero flick like FIFA on restreams, I knew this guy had something. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, beautiful. that pisses that me. me cry the constant no look passes bro mm. I think it's just a habit I'm not gonna lie I don't think he <laughs> realises he's doing it but like every pass he does this guy just starts twitching and looking the other way from like and he's passionate about making... you see his goal against Brighton how he really took it on the chin 
Yeah, that's bravery. I respected that. I respected that because he's not just a flary, like, you touch me, I throw myself to the ground. He actually went fully in for the badge. So I personally feel like Luis Diaz. No, nah, I'm telling you because, like, obviously, I'm so I'm so I support a team of superstars who, well, they mentally they think they're superstars, but not actually superstars. So Luis Diaz, I'm not gonna lie to you, I didn't know about him much before he came to Liverpool, but I've been very very impressed with him. So Salah, I I think the the most likely outcome, most likely most likely um outcome is probably what Oli Oliver um said, like in terms of they're probably gonna give him a deal that's kind of like you meet in the middle. We'll give you this as a base. Show us what you can do, and you get your you get paid handsomely. I think the thing is, I feel sorry for Salah because of as much as Liverpool have their way structure and all, and you've all made very valid points. That I think we can all agree he deserves whatever he wants, whatever number he wants to put on there, take it because this guy is one of the best, like the top five players in the world right now. And just to read off something that I found on Twitter, I'm not sure how accurate it is, but I just saw someone else tweet it out. They put a list of Premier League players in the top six that earn more than Salah. From each club. So at United, Ronaldo earns more at 510k, De Gea 375k, Sancho 350, Varane 340, Pogba 290, and Cavani 250. At City, Sterling 300, De Bruyne 280, Grealish and Stones 250. At Chelsea, Lukaku 350, Kante 290, Werner 268, and Saul 207 on this loan. Kane is the only one that's level with Salah at Spurs on 200k. And the Arsenal part is the only one level with Salah on 200k. So I'm wondering... Surely Sancho's not on 350k. It says, well, the screenshot I said, it says information gathered from Sport Rack or Spot Rack. So I don't know whether it's, you know, after tax or before or whatever. But that's the figures that I saw. It's probably after tax, the way it sounds. My question, who is that in Euros? <laughs> That's what I need to know right now. Is that in yours? No, it's not. 300 and what? Who has the the contact details for the financial department of Manchester United? They need to be held. They they need to be held to the sword. Like a UN meeting needs to be held for that. (laughs) Jaden Sancho earns more than Salah. Are you being serious? Even De Gea. No. I'm back in Salah, bro. Ask for whatever the hell you want. because. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, no. My whole whole opinion got out the window, bro. That's why I needed Karis to clarify if that's in euros, because I'm. It says pounds. pounds. There's hella man earning more than Salada, and I'm thinking this has to be in Europe. Because if you're telling me, yeah, viewers, if if we're if we're wrong, sorry, but that's the info that I've seen. To be honest, if you're a top three player, you deserve a top three wage. That's what Mm -hmm. it is. Hundred percent. Because whatever currency is in, whether it's in naira, (laughs) ren, ren minbi, or dollars. Hella names on that list should not be earning more than Salah. Hot take, though. The reason why Ronaldo earns the much the way he does is because Ronaldo, the brand, makes United a lot of money in the in in like in the long run. So like, oh, that's one fair. Shirt, we understand that. Yeah, one shirt, so you probably made back the money on Ronaldo anyway. Yeah. Probably a few times over. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. He's he's not true. a questionable name, but I'm sorry, Sancho. Uh, Sancho Salah is brazy, bruv. <laughs> Werner as well. No, Werner. 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 That one. That's... Werner earns more than Salah. Yeah. Werner oh, the money burner. That that's one. a war crime. I'm not going to lie. Salah, you have to take that with the financial ombudsman, bro. <laughs> no way. <laughs> ombudsman. Earn more. Nah, he has to. I'm sorry. Well, I'm walking. Would you, would you, can you imagine putting Salah's numbers out and you're watching people like Timo Werner earn more than you doing less than 10% of what you do? I have to make a petition, fam. Hashtag free Salah. <laughs> Words, the whole Premier League. 
That's serious, man. But on the on the topic um, of money, let's move on to the situation at Chelsea and us trying to sort out a new owner. So obviously, you guys have seen that Abramovich has given the green light to the government, where if we don't find a new owner within a certain amount of time, we go into administration. The government handles itself. But you know, there's been a couple of names floating around. What do you guys think? Obviously, the one that I think is the top bidder at the moment, or at least most likely, is a Saudi Arabian guy called. Um, it's Mohammed Al Karaji. So, what do you guys think about the situation of our ownership? I want you guys to get that Ghanaian owner. What's his name? The, 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 across the road. I can't remember what his name is. He's a politician. Bernard. That's it. That's the guy you need. We're not getting a huge blue Ghanaian owner, bro. I, I, I kind of want him, you know. Taking the piss, bro. It'd be so good. And they're handing out Supermart in the hospitality, but I love the drink. No man, you see, it just comes around. We told me and Kevin told you Supermart is good. Now you're gonna have a Ghanaian owner who's gonna give you that. It's not happening. I'm sorry. (laughs) Bernard in Bernard in. Did you see him? He wants to bring Ronaldo and Messi to the club. Some some career mode owner you're gonna get. Like things like that. Saying that just that just pisses me off. There's no way he said real statement. The fact that he said that tells me he's not fit to run the club. Anyone that's opening their mouth to say I want to bring Ronaldo and Messi to, you're not living in real life. So he's automatically disqualified. Yeah, but you know what? At the same time, it's about time the PL has an African owner. You know what? Yeah. Like it's time. You know, you know, like uh, I don't know. You know, like you guys like are probably more more able to speak on this than I am. But you know, like you know, we're seeing all the like a lot of deals with China and the Middle East and America and things like that. You know, like and there are a lot of capable. I'm sure a lot of capable African potential owners, and I think a lot of them might not get necessarily the uh, a look in, and, um, and that has to change. Yeah, Dangote to Arsenal, 2023. Hey, the thing <laughs> is that I actually agree with Oli's point. There's probably a lot of like capable African businessmen, but the ones that put themselves forward are the ones that are unserious. Like Dangote, for how many years has he been saying, <laughs> "I'm going to buy Arsenal"? Fam, I will take Kroenke right now. I don't care about Dangote. Go away. Um, if you get Dangote, just know your money is is the is the money is the money from the innocents. <laughs> You'll probably <laughs> run from the money from the innocents. <laughs> People suffering is what's feeding your trophy cabinet. Just know that that's what happened. <laughs> oh, no, I, don't, I, don't I do think um, I said to Karis and Kevin that I think the whole owner thing it should be finalized by this time next week but it won't be announced for like another couple of weeks but i think something will be finalized by the weekend and another thing as well is the new guy that um has been floating around in the papers uh, mohammed al-kareji his children are a chelsea fan he's a chelsea fan he's been to the bridge he's taken pictures at the bridge and this is how they sold themselves to you is it swear down all right cool but what they um people have said is oh yeah like chelsea's been warned not to go into business with someone that's politically sensitive but his company i think it's rain group or something like that they are not directly tied to the government. They're a private firm based in Saudi Arabia, so they're not tied in. Whereas Newcastle's owners are directly part of the Saudi investment fund, which is run by the government. So there's no dirty money there, if we're going to use that word or whatever. I just think it's funny how Chelsea's being targeted like this, but then like nothing's happened to Newcastle or City. I think it will set a very interesting precedent in the Premier League because it's either you go back and retroactively inspect the ownership of all clubs, or you let Chelsea get bought by whoever wants to buy it. You can't be one rule for Chelsea and one rule for everyone else. Because if we're talking about owners that are linked to whatever, and everyone say, oh, yeah, Saudi Arabia is an ally of the UK and America, whatever. So like, cool. So just because an ally, their war crimes are overlooked. 
Um, I wanted to ask, so obviously we bought on Oli because I think his Twitter blew up when he tweeted some, was it a thread about Abramovich, right? Yeah, it was a, a thread about Abramovich and his relationship uh, with Putin. Yeah, so I thought it would be just interesting just for the listeners if you just gave like a little rundown of what is his relationship with Putin and how, you know, all of this is affecting Chelsea Football Club, really. Because I think it would be okay. interesting to listen to. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so Putin and Abramovich have like the story for them, and this will just take a sec. I'll do it as quick as I can for the cliff notes, but it's kind of a story two decades in the making. Um, Putin and Abramovich have always known of each other. Um, Abramovich was uh, a governor of a, like a region in, in Russia from 2000 to 2008. He uh, recommended some uh, members uh, of the Russian uh, Duma, which is like the, the House of Commons. Um, to Putin, like before they were uh, sworn in, um, he even recommended uh, Putin, like his term ended, and then um, he had uh, President Medvedev um, took over for four years while Putin took some time off, and um, Abramovich recommended that in 2007 as well. Um, but since about then, since about 2007 2008, um, there's not really been a lot uh, between like that you can actually see uh, that's happened between them. Um, so it makes it look like Abramovich hasn't really had that much of an impact on the Kremlin since then. Um, the only exception, obviously, is the bid for uh, the 2018 World Cup in Russia, um, which apparently Abramovich was like a big part of. Um, and so like where I come down on it is because it says there's a lot of there's been a lot of speculation about like, well, is he or isn't he guilty of washing Putin's money or is he, you know, is it all dirty money and is, is he funding the war effort in Ukraine? Personally, I don't think he is. Um, but also, I think the um, the important thing uh, to recognise is that we don't know a lot and we don't know what we don't know because um, Abramovich is a really private guy, spent 16 years not speaking to the media um, before he finally did. And, you know, like I, I feel personally like he's, he's more likely to try to keep Putin at arm's length with like the rest of the oligarchs, um, you know, like by giving him what he wants, but, but hopefully by like, ha- like having all of his stuff overseas owning a sport sporting brand like Chelsea and puts him in the spotlight enough that he can just be off and he can't just have his stuff stolen by uh, by Russia itself it's quite an interesting thing um, because the UK government now sanctioning Abramovich changes the story because they may know something we don't um, which is distinctly likely um, but it 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 will all be okay, in my opinion, for Chelsea fans, as long as the sale goes through. That That's the most important thing. Um, and I, I heard today, I think it was um, before the game, Matt Law, who is a, a well-known journalist who covers Chelsea on, on Twitter, um, he was on Sky Sports and he said, I think he said something, there were like 200 uh, prospective people, like prospective groups and bidders who want to buy Chelsea. So I think um, Abramovich seems to have like a, you know, because he's still going to play a part in the process in terms of like choosing to a certain degree, like appropriate owners who they think, you know, we might not necessarily end up with, uh, he might not choose that Ghanaian owner <laughs> necessarily. Uh, but, you know, like he he might say, you know, like this is a list and then a sale, you know, will be brokered by the government go through pretty quick. I think, I think Matt Law also said that like within sort of like seven to 10 days, but we might not actually have something concrete for another like six weeks. Um, but I think Chelsea will be all right. Uh, and I think there was, at first there was a lot of panic, including from me. And, uh, and now I think it'll be okay, you know, with bated breath. Maybe it's a little bit copium, but, you know, I hope so. Yeah, good roundup, man. That's pretty insightful. A lot of people don't clearly understand what the link is between Chelsea, Abramovich and Russia. So 
hopefully anyone listening that elucidates it for you. I was sad because I was hoping to see Chelsea do some nights and Stevenage and Warsaw, all them dead teams while we're in Champions League, innit? That would have been nice. But, you, know. you see the thing today where it said the the, the players are gonna have to get Ryanair flights. Yeah. We have to get um they have to buy their own tickets to play Lille or something like that. That's Can you thing. imagine Lukaku on a mega bus? Do you know, I just don't want to see him anywhere, Oli. That's the mother problem. <laughs> I don't want to see him anywhere. Not on the bus, not on the plane. Tell him to use easy, easy jet. Chelsea should be for more partial with easy jet. Simple. But oh yeah, Travago's still with Chelsea at least. So yeah, they're real at least one. Fuck you. They can fuck off. I don't care, fam. And the logo looks being definitely- high on day. You know they they've suspended their sponsorships for now, and it's kind of sad because especially like Hyundai are just doing it. It appears because you know like they they still manufacture cars and sell them to Russia and stuff. But you know sponsoring Chelsea's where they draw the line. It's it's kind of a bit of a it's kind of a PR move for them, especially for three as well. It's like it's kind of disappointing, and I hope I hope uh, personally as a Chelsea fan that we don't have we don't have them back. Yeah, respect free broadband, the best in the UK. Free's, free's coverage is bloody terrible. Arsenal are on free. They're struggling to make a phone call. Give me Tesco Mobile any day. Tesco Mobile over free any day, bro. Free can piss off. Their logo looks ugly on their shirt. When they came at the beginning of the season, I saw the logo on their shirt. So pissed off. So do you know what? They can pack their stuff and go. I don't mind. Right, let me play devil's advocate, though, yeah. Would you... Okay. Would you um, align yourself with a, a team that's got bad rep currently? If I'm making your own free network, would you align yourself with Chelsea knowing all this drama going on? If I'm making bread 100%. But, but the thing is that in the long run, you're going to get cancelled, bro. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> Twitter's not space. Twitter's not real. What's cancelled when I'm a businessman and I'm making money? If I'm making money <laughs> and the kids running around and say, oh, free's cancelled, but I'm still. Denzel, Denzel, go and find God. You need to find God. No, but, <laughs> no, but man's asking me about being cancelled. Like, if there's kids running around, oh yeah, I don't use free network, they cancel whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then I look at the financial reports and Q4 saying we made 200 mil this year. I don't care. It's great. It's like it's actually turned out to be great publicity for three. You know, them getting so much hate from all the Chelsea fans because all that, like the rest of the Premier League, must love them. And on top of that, like you know, they're getting like loads of views on all their pages and stuff from people just bombarding. Like yeah. everything, trust pilot. I think they're currently selling like a one point three or something. Like they've gone completely red. But yeah, hey, let's switch. Let's switch. You take you take team viewer. We'll take free. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck <laughs> team viewer is. Team viewer. Team viewer is cold. You know, I've used it. It's cold, fam. It, it, you might as well like, imagine well something we used to use in ICT to go make those like presentations in in, 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 in <laughs> What the hell is team viewer, bro? Basically, yeah, team viewer is an app that lets you control someone else's computer computer remotely. Oh my god, Edward Snowden has something to say about that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's funny because I said all this about free being the best broadband. I got to Tesco Mobile as well, so I can't really chat. I'm just here to chat rubbish, but we move. Um, so yeah. I think Kevin and Denzel, especially Kevin, I'll be looking forward to this topic. At the start of the week, I was saying, you know. If this is the end of Messi versus Ronaldo, Messi's finished. We saw in we saw in Champions League. I heard that Messi's finished. Come on, we'll get to it late. Then we saw Karim Benzema what he did in Champions League. We saw Mbappe he scored the opening goal. So I want to see 
what you guys think about the whole debate and everything like that. Messi, like- isn't, Messi isn't even the best player in PSG. <laughs> the silence speaks for itself. Messi is not even the most valuable player in PSG. So what argument do we have here? Is Ronaldo, is Ronaldo the best player in United right now? Without him, we won. I won yesterday. Yeah, but that's not the point. Is he the best player at United right now? He's better than Ronaldo. Is joint second Premier League top goal scorer right now. <laughs> he's he's scammed his way there. He, he's only scored in two games this 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 year. Harris, come and defend your goat now. Seven Ballon d'Ors. That's Seven Ballon d'Ors. It's a sham. The Ballon d'Ors like the Grammys. <laughs> friends on the board to win. That's what it is, bro. It's lost his credibility because let's not... Messi's like... a little short man from Argentina versus Ronaldo, who's this muscly tall guy. And look who won. Wow, wow. So, wow, wow. so toxic masculinity is, is in play here. Bro, we see Messi's PR team, yeah? When the Ballon d'Or's around the corner, yeah? They start taking pictures of him with, like, with like orphanages. Like, he'd be smiling just to make him look good for the Ballon d'Or. Messi uh, is not the GOAT, bro. Like, he went to the Farmers League, yeah? He's only scored three goals. He's there to create. Goals. Don't worry. He's there to create. I'm is just he Ozil? Pardon? <laughs> is he Ozil? He's better than Ozil. <laughs> Ozil was doing the same shit. He's got a friend of bad shit. No, what I mean is, Messi is just, he's just going there to assist. That's it. Uh, the stats are misleading, I think. There we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, we're, 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 we're arguing in layman's perspective, yeah? But all I'll have to say is 806 career goals. I'm, I'm going to wait, yeah? Oh. Can you guys please name me a player who scored more goals than that? There isn't none. Thank you. The thing is, I wish I could have arguments today, but you know, we move in. No, the we're time we're reckoning is now. Karis, don't run away. Come and defend your goat, Karis. Don't Come and defend your goat. Come and defend him now. It's really my, hard my to head. justify making Messi your goat right now. Nah, nah, sorry. I won't back down. Next episode we have, I will list down some arguments and we will do the dance. Don't worry. Does we'll it not do the take, dance. Does it not take character for 37-year-old, 36 at the time, 36-year-old man to come to the Premier League. All I'm saying is Messi ran away from the Premier League. That's mm-hmm. He didn't run away. They bought Grealish. He ran away, bro. He don't. He ain't got that dog in him. He ain't got that fight in him, bro. He can't. Man love the struggle and strife. <laughs> Watch Messi. His dribbling, his creativity. Where was his dribbling against Modric? Goals. <laughs> 34-year-old Rod Modric clapped him. It Every goes back though to like day. what you value in a player. I think you know, like with like Ronaldo and. You know, like, Ronaldo, obviously, like, hardest worker who's basically ever lived. And then you've got Messi, who's, like, maybe the most talented footballer naturally who's ever lived. And, you know, they've both worked really hard. But, you know, the, where I come down on it is, like, an interesting thing. When you think of, like, the best players ever, when you think of, like, the, the, the best of the best, you think of, like, people like Pele, Ronaldinho, Maradona, people like that. None of them work that hard. Not really. They weren't known for working hard, but they were known for their talent. Yeah. And, and Messi's in that category with them as, you know, in terms of like raw talent. So I think that's where people come from in terms of saying it's Messi over Ronaldo because of the raw talent. But nobody can argue that Ronaldo isn't like the hardest working person basically ever. Who are you picking, Messi or Ronaldo? It's, it's real tough. I think I think I would have been Messi, but 806 or 807 goals, it's like, how, how, how can you possibly argue against that, you know? If you weren't the hard worker, let's just put a dog up front. Sorry, 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 Oliver. One, also, one thing I also want to add: he's also got most international goals. Sorry, I just and the most champions and the most Champions League goals and the most Champions League goals. Ronaldo has scored. I don't rate one... the international goal stat. He scored like fourteen against Luxembourg. Panama, <laughs> <laughs> all these countries. Yeah, yeah, words. Yeah, from Real ne- Islands in World Cup qualifiers, and he gets ne- ne- Nevertheless, <laughs> nevertheless, 
whether they're plumbers or dentists or footballers, those goals were nice goals. And we enjoyed them. <laughs> but Ronaldo has scored 1% of all Champions League goals. Since, the tournament, madness. since the tournament existed, Karis, my goat can be undefeated. Is undefeated. Most Will Champions Karis, you're getting finished on pod. I need your apology to be as loud as your disrespect. Come up here now. No apology. You know what it is, yeah? I should have prepared before this pod. Next pod, yeah, I will bring up some points. Don't worry. All I'm saying is just you're watch, the violent. Watch, the, watch the football. You will see who's better. That's all I, I can say. I didn't prepared. This is nothing but passion and pure facts. Ronaldo did the rest. <laughs> all I'm saying is that watch the Emirates will clap Ronaldo. It's fine. No worries. Emirates. No, clap this, Ronaldo. This is being recorded. I want you to remember you said that, you know. Yes, no, remember is- I said that. Save it. We will clap Ronaldo at the Emirates. If he drops, all I'm going to say is we have to add the voice notes from the Tottenham game, and I want you to, I want, I want Sean to put all the voice notes. Cristiano never talk on the Great United, the Red Devils. Shut up! Shut up! Glory, Man United. Man said he's going to get clapped to the Emirates. This is being recorded, so I want you to remember that. If Ronaldo scores, it's a long day for me. Don't worry, have ben. it on recording, you'll see. You're going to turn Ben, ben White will clamp him. You're going to turn Ben White into kebab. That's not happening, don't worry. <laughs> Mate, Lukaku absolutely destroyed Ben White this season. And look how We have to add Pablo Mario tax, by the way. What? Pablo Mario was playing, so that doesn't count. Now it <laughs> Pablo no. Mario got run over. I've never seen him since. <laughs> is that Udinese right now? Oh, oh, you, you got you guys sold him. You don't unload that Udinese. You man are ruthless. That's <laughs> <laughs> if they quietly shipped him out. <laughs> oh my days. Okay, one thing I want to touch on other than Champions League stuff. Um, what have you guys thought of? Benzema's form this season really and where he stacks up with let's say Lewandowski and the other strikers in the world he's always been good it's just that Ronaldo was always overshadowing him when he was at Madrid but I'm glad that people are starting starting to clock that he's a real gunman that he does this for real them surviving Ronaldo bro like them vids you see on Insta it's not it's not for show like my boy earned that money do you get he's been balling out for the best part of a decade now it's only now people are starting to realise that he's aged like fine wine. Like, how old is Benzema? 33, 34? Something and, like that, yeah. Yeah, and he's still dropping hat-tricks in Champions League. Like, he is that guy. I wanted to ask you, Kevin. Uh, you can talk about Benzema as well, if you wish. Mm-hmm. I also wanted to bring up, so we don't miss it out, Luka Modric. Like, a lot of people on Twitter on the night, including myself, were saying that he might even... A lot of people might quite disagree, but that he might have a shot for being the best midfielder of all time. What do you think? Ironically, Luka Modric is actually probably my favourite midfielder of all time. Um, especially, I like players who, when the going gets tough, they carry their team. The way he plays for Croatia is when I really like finalised my love for Luka Modric. And before he went to Madrid, I'd won him at United. He's such a fantastic footballer. Like He's not too classy to go in for a slide tackle, but he's classy to find that perfect pass execution. He's a clutch player, not afraid to defend. He's not afraid to get embarrassed. He'll get up start tackling you again like he's my ideal midfielder and quite frankly yeah yeah I like him I like him a lot more than I think the closest I'll say is Iniesta is the other midfielder that we need he's got to be in the conversation right like it's like him Iniesta maybe Xavi like and a few others 
Perlo, yeah. Yeah, Perlo. He has to be there, yeah. He's been phenomenal, man, honestly. Like, I just feel like he's not slowing down at all because the thing is, they brought in Camavinga, they have Valverde. And the thing is, neither of them are exactly displacing Luka Modric here. Like, he's just still so, so good. Even Cruz, even if he loses his legs, he, like, you know, he's still got that quality on the ball to pass it. Like, these midfields are just timeless. It's amazing. With Cruz, is a bit bookie, though, because Cruz has no, no, no speed at all. Like, with Tony Cruz, yeah, I love him as a player, cause especially because my love for the German national team, but he's got no pace, man. You need some speed, at least in football, and that brother cannot run. He was running he was running like a 35-year-old in his 20s. So I was like, yeah. But he's got a fantastic pass, fantastic technical ability, though. Going back to Benzema as well, it's like, you're right, he's always been this good, but he's just like... You know, like he's he, he's never had like the look of Lewandowski because he's never been the front man like Lewandowski. But now that he is, he's clearly like stepped up to it. And as well as that, like, you know, maybe to a certain degree, you know, people have said he's got like attitude issues and things like that. But, you know, you know, like how he fell out with uh, Didier Deschamps so he didn't play for France for ages. Um, so maybe there are like a few things that like make him maybe not as desirable as like a Lewandowski, but I mean, like in terms of like pure ability, he's got to be up there, right? You know, he he's he's absolutely lethal. I'm taking there's nothing that he can't do as a striker, literally. Yeah, I'm taking Benzema over Lewandowski. I'll be real. Oh, that's tough. I'm very tough. I can't lie. Yeah, that's a mad one, still. I think I may take Lewandowski actually, only because. The way he scores, he's like a machine. Like, there's no emotion in the way he shoots. And Lewandowski, like an ideal sportsman, never had any bad press for, um, in, in the media. He's always been on fire. And quite frankly, I personally feel like because he's done it for a longer period of time, I think I'm going to have to go for Lewandowski. He also scored a Champions League hat-trick, didn't he? Like, in the when, he, the when Bayern beat, what was it, like, RB Salzburg? 7-1. Yeah. yeah. Like, and he scored like a 12-minute hat-trick or something. Like, that's yeah. ridiculous. But another thing... I the first time. Because when we against Wolfsburg, he scored like five goals in like nine minutes or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But then having, having a player that's never been the passive... I'm not going to... I don't like boring players. That's dead, man. Like, <laughs> a player that's never been like, yeah, he's a goodie two-shoes. Like, that's dead, man. Like, I, I like that Benzema is a bit of a problem. Like, you know, it bring it brings some character to the team. It brings some... To national- Lukaku then. That's Lukaku. why I like John Terry as well. Isn't Lukaku it? is a different story. Lukaku is just here speaking with a fake American accent, <laughs> dead bars in the studio, and is not living on the pitch. Benzema at least delivers on the pitch, and then he'll drop an IG video with all these Lamborghinis matching his Jordan ones. That's drip. That's my goal in life. <laughs> That's why I love him. <laughs> it's pretty cool. That's my goal in life. He's that guy, man. But yeah, let's move on to another topic of whether the idea of you see it a lot of the time where, you know, that season, that time of the season comes, you know, transfer windows come and people say, oh, yeah, you need a player that's Premier League proven. Is Premier League proven actually a thing? Like, what do people mean by Premier League proven? And does being proven in Premier League necessarily make you a good player? I don't mind answering this question. I think we should need to change the question away from Premier League proven and put it more into, does this individual have transferable skills that can flourish in the Premier League? Because Premier League proven is if you if you said Premier League proven all the time, we won't have certain managers in the position that we had that we have been. And for one, you have to enter the Premier League in order to eventually one day become Premier League proven. So where do we draw the line? Is that what I mean? Yeah, so in terms, and it only kind of works for some players yeah. too. You know, like you can be Premier League proven and still be awful. 
Like, you know, like, you know, Maguire is Premier League proven. I knew Maguire was going to come in somehow. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's like, I think it, especially when like people talk about it in terms of like coming, like players coming from the Premier League to other Premier League clubs versus coming from other leagues. And I think where that kind of falls is it's like, well, the uh, the concept is it's like you're not going to need much of a transitionary period, right? Mm. You know, you don't need someone to get their feet under them for a season or two until they get up and running. You know, you've got people like just off the top of my head, you've got like Havertz who who's taken a season or two to get up and running. Sancho, you know, he started slow as well, but now he's killing it. You, so I think it's about like when they, people say Premier League proven, I think what they really mean is like Premier League ready. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. we thought Lukaku was Premier League ready and look what happened. That's a prime example of how that term doesn't really work because Lukaku is Premier League proven, but he's a proven liability as well. So but he's a brawler. Lukaku's a brawler. So Lukaku's performance is based on his body, if you know what I mean. So he's a fighter more than a footballer. So he has to be stronger than his defend than, than the opposing defenders. He has to be faster than the opposing defenders. If he's not, he's going to struggle. Yeah, that worked in Italy so well. Like, you know, yeah. he comes he comes up against uh Roman Ugly. He can just outmuscle him and just score in it. So mm. um I'll offer a different opinion. I feel like this whole Premier League ready idea, I feel like it has some truth to it, but a lot of it also depends on how your club scouts as well. That's really the main idea at play. So for example, mm. with Arsenal, in the summer we got Ramsdale and Ben White, who are both players that were playing in the Premier League. Obviously, there's a lot of consternation about both of them. Like, you know, people saying Ramsdale's been relegated how many times? Which, you know, I've seen that argument being used with Maguire, like, today as well. Um, it's fact well, This Maguire. is why I say that it's, it's down to scouting. The fact that he got relegated with however many of these clubs and Arteta Manchester see that this guy's got some ability in him to be our starting goalkeeper and now for there to be shots from the start for England proves that, you know, Going through all these experiences in the Premier League, leagues below, has built up to what he is today. Same with Ben White as well. He was learning under the tutelage of Graham Potter, under the tutelage of Marcelo Bielsa. Um, also, like being under defenders like Lewis Dunk, Adam Webster, all these people who have played in the Premier League for a long time. Having that experience of so many years is what has built up Ben White to what he is today. So I feel like there's some truth to it, but you guys have made very valid and good points. But it's more to do with whether your team has got a good scouting system in place to find the right players. And that's especially what teams like United and even Tottenham need in the summer. All right, so we thought that we'd end with a more lighthearted topic. Um, so I saw something interesting. I was just scrolling through Insta one day and somebody asked this question on Lad Bible, which is some page on Insta. They were like, are there more doors or are there more wheels in the world? And I thought... It's a really interesting and mind-boggling question. So I don't know where we're going to end with this or if we'll find some sort of answer at all. But I'll ask Denzel first to try and say something about that. I think as a qualified scientist, <laughs> I must say there's, there's more. Weird. Let's put it this way, yeah. There's 7 billion people in the world. And of that 7 billion, let's talk about on the basis of cars, in it? This is going to be a bit of a lengthy discussion on this one. Let's say there's 7 billion people in the world and at least half of them own cars. So that's about 3.5 billion people. A car has four wheels. We're just talking about your average like sedan in it. That's 3.5 billion times four, right? So that's roughly, I think about 
15 billion wheels. Let me, let's do the maths quickly. That's a, let's do the maths. We're not in GCSE. Yeah. Come on. I think it's roughly like 15 billion. <laughs> so that's 15 billion wheels off of cars alone. Then you've got suitcases. A suitcase has got four wheels at least. Yeah. And then you've got wheels in like factories that have to roll products along, whether it's a newspaper press, a biscuit factory, whatever. And then you've got wheels inside things like, there's, it's a, there's no way you're telling me there's more doors than wheels. Like, look at the, tro- you go shopping, there's trolleys. Imagine how many shops there are in the world and how many trolleys there are. Add that to the 15 billion wheels from the cars already that are owned by half of the human population. Bro, I'm telling you, if I had the time, yeah, I'll model it mathematically. But I'm telling you, there's more wheels. I'm confident. You know Disagree. Bro, bro I'm, I'm about to finish you still. I think it's wheels. So, I, I, I feel it was doors, sorry. As of September 2021, there was 4.372 billion buildings in the world. Mad. Billion. Billion. With the okay. B. <laughs> then, when I went to cars... As of 2022, there was 1.4 billion cars in the world. Now, of these buildings... Wait, you know, multiple, wait, wait, but for the cars, you need to multiply it by four because a car has four wheels, bro. But in your house alone, is there four doors? In my room alone, my wardrobe door and my regular doors already too. That's my room. Yeah, yeah. Go, but to, your kitchen. Go to your kitchen. There's a, a door to get your glasses and everything. Let, yeah, let, door, me, let, door, let, let me weigh doors. in here, right? There is, what is a door, right? It's like... If you're talking about like literally just cars specifically, is the bonnet a door? Is the fuel cap a door? Right? Mm-hmm. Any anything that you can open like that, is it a door? Because if it is, doors a hundred percent win, hundred yeah. percent. Because like you're saying, you've got, you know, how many like potential things that are basically doors? You know, a windows doors, depending on how you open them as well. Like you know, think about how many skyscrapers there are, billions of windows, and it's got to be doors. It's got to be 100%. Oh, but listen to this, yeah, listen to this, yeah. According to Google, yeah, a wheel a wheel is a circular object that revolves on an axle and is fixed below a vehicle. Bro. Or other object. Other object. Over the ground. Yeah. Bro. A wheel, in that case could in, a wheel in that case could include like a yo-yo as well, isn't it? How many yo-yos are there in the world, bro? <laughs> yo-yo. What it's is called it? a yo-yo. It's not called a wheel. It is 2005, Denzel. Um, a yo-yo is essentially a wheel attached to a string, isn't it? Let's Google yo-yo. You own a yo-yo. Bro, but, but, but like what, what Ali said made sense because that like cars alone is four doors, five doors, three doors, whatever. Like, but you're yeah, not paying attention to what I said. 4.37 billion doors. And in a, like, like what Ali said, if we're counting like, um, or anything that's open that can close or open, or like uh, a skyscraper, for example, that's crazy. How many doors is the Burj Khalifa alone? Okay, so this is according to Google, yeah. A door yeah, yeah. hinged, sliding, or revolving barrier at the entrance to a building, room, or vehicle on the framework of a cupboard. Exactly. Framework of a cupboard. Framework of a cupboard. The only thing you can say about wheels as well is like there are lots of wheels and like flywheels and stuff in like engines and like gears and stuff, right? And are they wheels? And like, you know, on cars, you can technically add a fifth wheel if you count the steering wheel. That's true. All right, then. Exactly, but it surely it's got to be doors. Look at the, the amount of buildings. If you exactly. like, the amount of buildings, every building's got like I don't know at least a few doors. You know, a, a lot of them have way more than that. I guarantee every man in this pod right now doesn't know how many doors they have in their house. I guarantee. I can, Off the top of your head, I can work it out right now, bro. There's probably <laughs> Look more. There's this probably, guy. There has to be more than there has to be more than at least ten doors in your house alone. At least, even more than yeah. twenty. Obviously, there's more than ten. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Now, 4.372 billion. 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 The big B. Your argument starts and ends with cars, bro. Most men don't Yo, even can drive. Chelsea get bought by, like, the amount of doors in the world? That would be good. <laughs> that would be No good. chance. You're not allowed to be on your license. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not forget mansions as well, bro. You know like, what? No, no, okay, you're talking about mansions, and then someone that owns a mansion, how many cars do they own in their garage? But that's what I'm saying, though. The variety of buildings is different. I've said skyscrapers, hotels. You know what I mean? Metaphorical Denzel, doors in your life. Dental degrees, degrees get revoked after this pod, I'm telling you. This is <laughs> 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 Okay, listen to this, yeah. These things with wheels, yeah. Things with wheels, yeah. Cars, trains, trucks, semis, motorcycles, scooters, bikes, bicycles, rollerblades, skateboards, wheelbarrows. And look at how many farmers are in the world, bro. Trucks, trucks are big cars. Please spare me. Ah, <laughs> you've, got, you've, you've got semis that every train has got like 16 wheels. Doors. Okay, but they've got way more wheels though. They have to. You're talking about the internal workings as well, isn't it? Toy cars, toy trucks, lawnmowers, baby strollers, rolling chairs, a garbage can, stretchers, airplanes, ATVs, four wheelers, golf carts. An ambulance, a, a computer mouse. Computer mouse has got a wheel inside it. How many computers are there in the world? Bro? People How use laptops now anyway. The touchpad's there. That's true. Okay, but not everyone uses that though. Most people... I, that I reckon do... most things that have, have wheels already have at least a few doors. I reckon that offsets it. Facts. I'm dying, facts. I'm dying on this hill, bro. There has to be more wheels. <laughs> 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 there has to be more wheels. Because you lot are just thinking about like, the big stuff like cars, but I'm thinking about the internal workings of machines as well. But well, you haven't seen all the internal workings. It's a definition of a door, because are we cutting drawers in the realm of doors? No, nah, a drawer's not a door. We're talking about things that open on, it, on a hinge, isn't it? Well, it oh, could be the framework, of a, the framework of a cupboard. Yeah, but the framework of a cupboard is not a drawer, I though. in B&Q, bro. You have to buy hinges separately. <laughs> <laughs> But no, you raise a good point with the cupboard one because like every like you can't have a house without a cupboard in it. And if you're thinking about like hotels, restaurants, whatever, an IKEA, yeah, IKEA. Everybody knows you can't go to IKEA to window shop. If you go to IKEA, you have to commit to the whole shopping journey to walk around. And how many doors I walk you through in your IKEA journey? Hey, then this argument finished before it began, man. I'm sorry. You know, even cardboard boxes as well. They kind of technically have hinges. Oliver's a genius, man. We are in a. <laughs> It's doors. We need to remove Denzel. Yeah, Denzel, I'm sorry. There has I'm to be more go. wheels, bro. I'm sorry. I'm going against the grain here, but I'm, I'm standing on, on all fours, bro. Like, on the, what? On all fours? On ten fours, <laughs> bro. There has to be more wheels. I am right into the academic superiors after this pod. 100%. Draft the email, I'll check it. Don't worry. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think we're going to put out um, a poll. To see what people say. Obviously, yeah. Denzel's got the wrong answer, as we've kind of agreed, but we'll let the listeners reaffirm that as well. So I feel like that's a good place to end the pod. Oli, do you want to shout out any of your socials at all? Yeah, just uh follow me on Twitter at Oli J Carpenter and uh follow me on at Goalitics. That's uh, at G-O-A-L-I-T-I-C-S. Um, for uh, all the best stuff to do with uh, sport and politics. There's big things coming there real soon. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening today to the Bamini Football Podcast. Oliver, it was an honour to have you on pod. Fantastic conversation, really good banter. 
And yeah, we hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Sunday installment. Um, we released a statement recently saying we would like to be more consistent and we do intend to. We're all really invested in this journey to provide the best products to our, our listeners. Um, so yeah, please remember to follow us on the BTB Pod podcast on Twitter and kindly take care. Enjoy the rest of your evening.